Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Thank you for tuning in to Radio Harambe, the companion podcast to our website, jomboeveryone.com. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting from the spacious, beautiful Radio Harambe studios. But joining me from somewhere in the world in a place probably less palatial than mine, it's Safari Mike. Mike, how are you today and where are you? Good, Dave. I'm in the Everglades National Park. I can only assume that you know where that is. (laughs) You're right in the uh, neck of the woods of uh, <laughs> of the Disney's Animal Kingdom. Not far at all there. Not terribly far, Dave. You're not We're looking studying... for giant pythons, are you? No. We are studying close. We're studying yeah. the Anhinga. Do you know what the Anhinga is? Well, if it's close, I'm assuming it must be a snake. No, it is a snake bird. It's, well, it's sometimes called the snake bird. You've probably seen them in the Animal Kingdom. They're the comorants that have a long neck. Oh, really? Yeah, they're called, uh, some people call them snake birds. They've also been called water turkeys or darters, but they are related to comrades, and you will sometimes see them with their wings spread out after they come out of the water. Um, many people believe that that is so that they can actually dry their wings and that unlike other water birds, they don't have the oil on their wings, but that's actually not true. They do have what's called preen glands. That's a gland that secretes an oil. That keeps, uh, you know, ducks and stuff from having to, you know, having to dry off their wings. Well, the Anhinga also has it, but for some reason, they always keep their wings out. And we believe it's to dry their wings off or assist in it. it could also be thermal regulation, something along those those lines. But that's what we're here for. And why snakebird? It has a long neck, and as it's swimming through the water, the neck moves around almost like a snake. Oh, so it's not because it eats snakes. All right, that's good. No, no, it eats fish like most, uh, like every other comorant. Yeah, well, that's what I assumed. All right, well, on today's show, we are going to discuss all the news from Disney's Animal Kingdom and the rest of Walt Disney World. And then in our final segment, we are going to give you a real touring plan of Disney's Animal Kingdom. But more on that later. <laughs> First, we don't have much in the way of local news, Mike, so we'll just throw them out here. It's kind of small stuff. Um, you, you brought to my attention um, some... Um, updates from Orlando Park News about uh, Pizza Fari in particular. So I'll let you have at that one. Sure, they're just uh, they showed some of the construction um, of Pizza Fari, the color scheme. We talked about this most recently in our last episode about how there's more of an earth tone look to the place, right? Um, and that's shining through on the new Flame Tree Bar. Uh, excuse me, Pizza Fari. They actually have some very nice cheetah-type designs, I guess, for lack of a better term, on the wall, sort of like a giant cheetah drawing. Um, 
but they're not as whimsical as some of the other things that go on in uh, Discovery Island. Yeah, that leads me up to uh, an article that you wrote probably like, you know, the next time you wrote something after the news where you where we posted this stuff from Orlando Park News. And that was that you really are, uh, you know, kind of taking my side here. Uh, no, I thought not that you never were on my side, right. but you're, but you're, but you're uh, <laughs> just sort of uh, piling on here, I guess is the way to put it. But uh, you know, with this idea that they're really taking away that sort of bright islandy, you know, feel to it, that sort of Caribbean kind of, you know flavor and plus all the other islands that come in there mm-hmm. in turn for something else, which is a lot. I mean, I don't want to say bad because I don't think it's bad and I don't think you think it's bad either. No, it looks right? cool. Actually, the cheat is on yeah, the side of the wall. Yeah. I do like it, but yeah, it's just not It's we're losing the story mm-hmm. essentially is what we always talk about. So correct. And they also opened up the uh, allergy kiosk that uh, had been closed a little bit for repair and that also got a new paint job, which is, again, more earth tony and more in line of the hmm. Flame Tree Barbecue and what's going on at Pizzafari. Yeah, not a big I'm – not, I'm not hugely – not a huge fan of it. I, I mean, no. I, I don't mind things getting a, getting a facelift and getting a paint job. But, uh, you know, I like that story and I like that look. And the one thing I said last time, I think, on the show, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why I don't like it. And it's not just because I like what it used to be, but also – from the paint schemes and what I'm seeing, it's sort of blending more into the rest of the animal kingdom mm-hmm. and and doesn't have its own sort of aesthetic right. in Discovery Island, a place that, you know, when you walk into the island, you know you're here because you see this feel, you get this vibe. And that's what I think people like out of the Disney lands, so to speak, and why everybody, you know, is such a fan of that term and, and all of those things, because it, it does provide that sort of different feel, that different vibe each way. Uh, I think Discovery Island still have it. It'll just have less so in, in terms of how it distinguishes itself from other places. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, let's go on to Elephant and Rhino Day. Hopefully I'll get this out in time for you to hear this. But this <laughs> Thursday, September 24th at Rafiki's Planet Watch, uh, we will celebrate Elephant and Rhino Day. And guests have the opportunity. This is exactly what Disney says. Guests have the opportunity to meet rhino and elephant keepers. That's cool. That learn, is. Le- learn the difference between how a white and black rhino eats. Uh, I didn't know there was one. How elephants communicate, that's really... Has to do with their lip. Yeah, and really, okay. How elephants communicate, which is really cool, and and what they communicate, too, and how how we are trying to keep them safe in the wild and much more. Um, I would suggest I don't normally drive people to Disney Park blog, uh, because you all go there anyway, I'm sure, but there was a really neat um, little sort of uh, questionnaire or quiz on rhinos and elephants last week uh, as a promotion for this. And there's some neat little tidbits of information out there. Like, we believe that elephants mourn the loss of their dead, mm-hmm. which uh, no other creature we know of does that besides us, uh, that we know of. So, right, right. Right? So It's I mean, interesting. Yeah, it was yeah, interesting. It's cool. They're, it's a really, really cool uh, little little thing they did there. Not too hard. I got them all right. I'm just saying. Um, and finally, this... <laughs> Mike was very happy to read this. A travel site, which I am not aware of, called Cheap Tickets, has recently put out a list of the seven top buffets in the country. 
Now, I don't know how they compiled this list. I'm <laughs> sure they haven't, haven't visited them all. But on that list was Boma, one of the seven best buffets in the country. That's mm-hmm. incredible recognition for a place when you consider some of the f- famous buffets in Las Vegas alone. Right, right. <laughs> I was I was flabbergasted to read this. I really was. <laughs> well, it's unique, Dave. Um, I want to play a little game with you. Oh, God. Here we um, go. Sometimes on my Twitter, I play Quick Pick. Where yeah. I just throw two things out there. I've okay. probably seen it. Yeah, yeah. So let me give you a couple of couple of ones to go up against Boma. Ready? Okay. Boma or Trail's End? Oh, now Boma. Okay. Now, taking in everything, location, price, food, everything, all right? Boma or Beer Garden? Boma. Boma or Tusker House? For dinner, I assume. For lunch or dinner. For Whatever. For, for, for meal. For not, not for breakfast. Well, I don't know why that... I mean, they both serve breakfast, so... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But, but no, I'm just wondering where you're going. I would say Boma for breakfast... And Tusker House for the other two, only for location. Okay. Only. I think they're okay. comparable. They're very different. Um, uh, I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking they're the same. They're not the same. They're very different. And I would say that um, that trail, and Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Tusker House is sort of a watered-down version of, in dinner time of... Yeah, I would agree with that. ...of Boma. So if you... so. I don't like that, but if you're somebody who's not a big fan of the spices and the things that may come into uh, you, you know into the nervousness that you have of attending an African buffet, mm-hmm. um, this could be a, the Tusker House is a good way to sort of dip your foot and your toe in the water there, uh, rather than jump all the way in. And plus, obviously, the um, the location is great. But I w- this is a tough one because food is better at Boma. I would say Boma or Ohana. Ohana. Interesting. I like Ohana's Boma. food. I always Got have. Okay, one more. Yep. Boma or Jico? Oh, Boma. Interesting. Yeah, I'll t- and because I am not one. I disagree with you on the last two. I, I'm oh, sure you do. Uh, I am not one who thinks Jico is off the hook good. I've only been to Jico once. I'll be honest with you. I thought it was good, but not signature good. Um, so I, I would say I'd probably want to try that again because I, I, I there's so many raves about it. It just seems like maybe I just got a, the, the chef on a bad day or a bad dish, and I don't even remember what it was. It was that un, unmemorable. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I would I would try to give that again. But as of now, I would say Boma. Okay. All right. Well, that's it then. Because you get more for your money, for one thing. That's well, for sure. that's true. But I've never been a big buffet guy. I mean, I would rather have a nice sit-down meal, you know, than a buffet. And I would probably agree with that. I mean, yeah. uh, but but that's a nice, a nice buffet, though. No, I mean, I, I think it is having. I think it's the best buffet on property. Yeah, I would, I would take it over Tusker House. Yeah, see, I probably would food-wise too. But if you can get a late res at Tusker House, it's still pretty good, and it's got a great, mm-hmm. you know, you got that nighttime thing there. That's mm-hmm. a tough one. I'm going to struggle with that one for a while. The other ones I'm pretty sure about, but that one I'm going to struggle. So let's get right into the world news, Mike. What do you got? Okay, Dave. Today we'll be heading to Streets of America and the Grand Floridian. But first, 
Soren is going down for a four to six month refurb starting in January of 2016. Wow, that's a whopper. so I can only imagine that once it's open, whether that's June or July of 2016, yeah, we will have the third theater ready. We'll have the the, right. the uh, digital screening, and we'll have the new film and all that. So I would expect that come uh, early summer of 2007, 2016. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> they said it was coming 2016. So that's now a big I think one, we man. have a fair that- a fair timeline for it. That's a big one. That's a big number. That's a long time. It's going to be rough in Epcot with without Soren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And without Maelstrom too. It's it's. You're right. That's, that's yeah, because that won't be open yet either. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully this will make it better. You know, everybody knows I'm not for the adding um, capacity to existing rides that are really popular mm-hmm. um, because they're not going to be that way forever. And also because I think you fix these things. We've talked about this a million times. You fix these capacity problems by adding other right. experiences and not just, you know, compounding the old ones. But neither here nor there. Sorry if you're going there next 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 uh, spring and you want to see it. <laughs> yeah, well, you won't be. So uh, I'll move on. Okay. Disney's Hollywood Studios uh, Mulch, Sweat, and Shears is having their final performance on October 10. 2015. They've been there for 11 years. You want to hear uh, something crazy, Mike? I've never seen them. Oh, I've seen them. And I've I never just, seen I, them. Whatever. It doesn't really... I mean, I know they have their fans. Yeah. Um, well, they're perfectly fine, but... Yeah. I mean, but they've been there I, that long. They have to have their fans, right? I mean, right. there's got to be people who like them with that kind of longevity, so... I don't really hear the outcry that I heard with Off-Kilter, but... Right. Be that as it may. Well, that's because Off-Kilter was the best that they ever had playing live <laughs> there. It's that simple. I mean... <laughs> The five people in the world who wanted them not to be there anymore are completely drowned out by those of us with, uh, you know, who love them. And 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 I guess that wasn't this way. I, I agree with you. I heard a lot. Of, I heard about this, and I saw it. And I saw that they were leaving, and I saw how long they'd been there. And mm-hmm. I was surprised I had never gotten a chance to see them. And I, and I don't know why I didn't. It's very strange, but I never did. So that's that's water under the bridge now. So what else? <laughs> Dave, beginning on September 25th, while supplies last, apparently, guests can take part in Remy's Ratatouille Hide and Squeak during the Epcot International uh, Expensive Appetizers and Drunk People Festival. <laughs> and held uh, where... You is, know, that, is that what walk- they're changing the name to now, Mike? They are. It's officially changed. <laughs> you um, essentially get um, a map where you can go to the different World Showcase pavilions to find the necessary ingredients to make uh, ratatouille for uh, or ratatouille or whatever for ratatouille, <laughs> um, and it basically you get a pin if you get it, it, once you uh, to partake in this. Although apparently you don't even have to complete the map and find all the ingredients to get the pin, which I find silly. But anyway, they're doing this at the uh, International Food and Wine Festival. All righty then. <laughs> I know that's your favorite Pixar movie, so I don't know. I love that movie. I love. You gonna scramble movie. down there to partake in uh, the Ratatouille hide and squeak? Absolutely not. <laughs> not a chance. But I do love that movie. That is my favorite Pixar movie, which I know a lot of people think is strange, but I love that movie. 
I think that's a good one. Uh, up is my favorite, but that's neither here nor there. That's a um, good one too. That's a good one too. I, I can't. I, I would never, never begrudge anyone of that <laughs> selection. That is a good, good film for sure. Dave, Dave, this is an interesting one. During the morning hours of September twentieth to the twenty third, mm-hmm. Peter Pan will appear throughout fantasy as part of a new test. He will explore the t- entire land, constantly moving. And may not be able to actually stop and take photographs or, or uh, excuse me, take photos or sign autographs. So Disney is testing a walkabout characters as opposed to a dedicated meet and greet. Huh. That's an interesting idea. Not bad. And Peter Pan's, a, a, I mean, I think if they're going to do this, they're going to have to do it with face characters as opposed to, uh, you know, costume characters. A, little more, a lot easier, obviously, for Peter Pan to walk around on his own sure. than it would be, uh, you know, Captain Hook. But uh, right, right. it's interesting. They're trying it for a couple of days, and then in the afternoon, he'll Peter Pan will be able to be able to see him in his meet and greet area, which is by the uh, Peter Pan flight queue. But in the mornings, you may spot him wandering around Fantasyland. That's a pretty cool idea. Not, I hope it works. I hope yeah. they like it, and I hope it takes off. I wonder how they're going to keep the security thing that they do. You know, the the handlers and all that kind of stuff. But not sure. I'm not sure. But it. But we, as uh, we are recording this, it just started. So, but it's only for a few days as a test. All right, cool, very cool. A new marketing campaign, Dave, is going to be launched, replacing the "Show Your Disney Side," which has been kicking around for uh, a few years now. Yeah, it has. I was going to say, I didn't realize that was still the marketing campaign. But Coming okay. soon, will the you'll start seeing commercials for this in the in this week, actually. It's the new slogan will be the un, that uh, unforgettable happiness here or happens here excuse me let me rephrase that the unforgettable (laughs) happens here that's exactly what it is um and that's replacing the show your disney side it's showing it's very similar to the show your disney side it's people taking part in social media sharing moments with their family and stuff sounds exactly the same to me yeah yeah. i show your disney side except with a new slogan the unforgettable happens here so look out for commercials for that coming soon so that's what we've added the the slogan Yes, they probably spent millions on advertising for that uh, for that change in the slogan. Wow. <laughs> Dave, one more big one. Are you ready? Yeah. Disney has announced that this year, 2015, will be the final year for the Osborne family spectacle of dancing lights. Uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, as we all know, is about to enter into a big transformation with a lot of construction, and it is expected that the streets of America will be removed as part of the redevelopment of the park. So Osborne Family Lights is gonzo after this year. So if you love that, which I know many people do, go. Go. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's ever coming back. I'll be honest with you. And Mike, I think you and I have talked about this on the show once or twice have. before. I think we've mentioned this a few a couple well, at least once for in particular. I totally understand people's love for this. It's a really cool thing and it's really neat. But I honestly think in my personal opinion it's run its course. And if all of this construction means a better park at the end, I mean it was taking up a huge space. And a space that was really only worth anything when it was up. You know, I mean, right. it, it, it's, it was a kind of an unused space, really, honestly. I mean, it used to be part of the whole, you know, live, you know, uh, active studio vibe, but that's mm-hmm. long since gone. And, you know, and they're taking that away and they're taking it away. So it doesn't you know, that whole area doesn't really belong there anymore. They were going to have to redo it anyway. 
um, the lights. It's, you know, I know people are going to be really upset by it, but I've seen it a bunch of times, and and it's you know, I liked it. I like it. It's fine. It's just it's not something I'm going to lose any sleep over. I'm going to say two things about it. Number one is the 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 worst part of this news to me is that we're all assuming that Star Wars Land is going to connect to Star Tours currently, right? As as it stands right now, I would assume. Right. That tells me mm-hmm. that if Muppet Vision is gone, mm. that they're going to that they're going that way, they Star Tours and pushing back towards Streets of America and Lights Motors Action as opposed to moving it forward and taking out the Indiana Jones area and Echo Lake, which a lot of people thought was the idea. They really can't get rid of Mu- I mean, it's their property now. I mean, if they get rid of it, they're going to have to replace it with something using that property. It would be ridiculous to have that property and not use it in the parks in some way. Especially, especially with the new especially show coming new with the show coming. Now, yeah. I don't know how the show is going to be. Yeah, who knows? Uh, we'll see. Um, but uh, it, The it last is, movie bombed, so. The last movie bombed. Big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. But it wasn't mm-hmm. any good, Mike. No, it was, it was all right, but I mean, whatever. I mean, it's going to bomb if it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Yeah, mo- I guess most really good movies that have that kind of marketing campaign don't bomb. <laughs> I didn't think it was terrible. I just, it, it just it wasn't, wasn't it was, memorable. I had a few laughs, but it wasn't yeah. as good as the first one. It just yeah. wasn't memorable. There just wasn't much to it that 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 was there. But but I do love Muppet Vision. I'm very concerned, that, and I love that little area, the New York Street kind of looking with the fountain yeah. and the, you know all that area there. I I do like it, so I'm concerned that uh, this is spelling the end of that. And the concept for the show is interesting. Like it's it, 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 the concept of the show is enough to get me to try it. Is basically how I would put it. It's a, it's a it's a funny enough sounding idea. Oh, you mean the upcoming Muppet Show? <laughs> yes. So I I think and I think a lot of people will look at it because the concept is kind of cute. So you know, rather than a convoluted caper story again, this right. is going to be something different, and you know may provide the, that sense of humor that that we like out of them. Yeah, I hope so. Um, so I hope so. Yeah, it'd be good. Now, Mike, before before we go um, on a break, I wanted to mention something. Wait, Dave, before before yeah. we do, the, I ahead. wanted to mention one other thing about sure. the Osborne family lights. Uh-huh. Why not? And they very well might do this. Why not move it to Disney Springs? For the holiday season, you'll bring a whole ton Maybe of people in there. To, I mean, people aren't just going to go to Osborne Family Lights and go home. They'll then shop. They'll eat during the holiday season, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it just seems like a no-brainer to move it there. I would think it's a pretty hefty investment. Um, mm, big know, electrical bill, I guess. Yeah, it's a, a you know a plus setup, uh, upkeep. Um, you know, it takes a long time to put those things up and down. They're going to have to remove them probably if it's at Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I just, uh, it seems like the kind of thing that would, that's better served as a draw for a park than something like the, to draw people away from your park. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's possible, but I, I think it's just run its course. I think it's just gone. It's I mean, very well possible. Yeah. Very well possible. Now I wanted to see Mike, did you see the, the talk of the Disney community really in the last week? was the PBS special. Oh, yes, uh, I did. The American Experience on Walt I did. Disney. And um, as I'm... Maybe maybe you could, you could uh, y- y- tell me if I'm right or wrong. As I was watching it, I thought to myself, oh, God, the Disney fans are going to hate this. <laughs> Why? Because it was truthful? <sighs> because it was... Yes. I mean, yes, I would say that. Because it was... Um, 
it did not contain the normal group of people that one would associate with a history of Walt, right? We didn't see, um, you know, loving remembrances from his daughter or his nephew. We didn't see loving conversation with, the, you know, his group of loyalists that were with him for a long, long time and maintain that. Um, you know, up well, but, and, up until w- whenever they either passed away or, or what have you. Um, had Marty Sklar on it. Yeah, I mean, they had a few. Ron Miller. Right, they had a few. Right. But they did not, it was a decidedly not Disney um, <laughs> produced documentary. And I think, oh, it, I think it's the first time anybody's ever seen anything like that. Well, and, yeah, and, they, and they went to town on him and I mean... The, I don't want to give anything away, but they did. No spoilers, folks. If you don't want, yeah. to, if you want to go watch it first, shut this off now. Fast forward to the next thing. Go ahead. They Mike. didn't. They didn't pull any punches when it came to like the the the, the strike that he went through, right. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they put him in a not heroic light during uh, much of that, right? And he probably didn't deserve to be put in heroic light. And you know, there was when they came to like they when they talked about him, the way he was very demanding and. You know, not the most supportive guy in the world for his staff. Um, had strange you know, had strange uh, pay scales that were based yeah, on... Yeah, he screwed people over. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. He screwed some people over in, in terms of uh, money when he was, you know, building his studio. I mean, you know, a lot of people did that back then. You know, the unions were just coming in at much of this time period. Um, you know, and they also... They also spent not a great deal of time, but a little bit of time with the whole, um, uh, you know, communism hearings and how he that testified is, and yeah. threw people under the bus as communists. That's probably the darkest moment in Walt Disney history. And that's probably. that you, that part in particular, that one moment. Basically, what Mike's talking about is he was brought before, I believe, the congressional McCarthy hearings. Absolutely. Yeah. I, Nixon I, was there. Right. McCarthy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, and he basically testified that there was sort of this com- – and the way he said it, and I, I, I'm going to tr- – uh, maybe I can try to get the quote. But the way he said it was something to the effect of, you know, there's a communist uh, scourge through Hollywood, you know. Well, and- yeah, and he was naming names. He had no – he was – and anybody who screwed him over he during that strike particularly, um, he named their names. Yeah, he named their names, and, and he not only threw people under the bus – but got people into a very, very difficult situation. And it, it's, it, you know, it was a bad moment that often mm-hmm. gets thrown under the rug. And the other thing about it, Mike, is that over the so years... fascinating, by the way. It is fascinating. It was fascinating. And over the years, we've had a lot of um, sort of unofficial, official documenta- documentaries out, mm-hmm. right? A lot of different things. We all know the basics about Walt's life. We all know kind of the idea of it. And I guess some people want that sort of Uncle Walt, <laughs> you know, he was the perfect genius um, to, to you know, and, and they want to hear that. And the biggest criticism I read was that this show did not give balance in those areas. 
and I guess I could kind of see that, um, you know, through that time, though, that time frame, the, the, the strikes and the McCarthy hearings, mm-hmm. um, maybe in that specific area, there wasn't a lot of the sort of loyalists of Walt being presented. But those people have been presented during that time period over and over and over again. There's a thousand different places you can see them. And the other thing is people want to have this concept of Walt of being of working for Disney to be, you know, always have been this wonderful thing. But mm-hmm. you have to rem- people have to keep in mind there may be those very popular loyalists, those people at the top who were um, animators and thinkers and people who really benefited from Walt and from the Disney and helped Disney move along. That was a very small minority of people during this period of time. More people were willing to walk out on right. Disney than to stay, than to cross the picket line. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to ask yourself, now, why would that really be? Right. Walt's answer was communism. <laughs> you know, because I think Walt was really naive to to what was going on. And I think that that may be the one thing that sort of, you know, um, that maybe they should have pointed out a little bit better well i think they they did a fair job i think in taking walt's side during this and you know talking about how he felt betrayed right and and like that you know these this was his family and his family screwed him over and they talk about how even after all this was done and you know um you know roy kind of you know put the strike to bed and all that kind of stuff and that walt never felt uh, again, like it was his family because you know they they betrayed him. So I, I think I think they were kind of fair, at least in that point of view. Yeah, and and you know, Walt actually took out an a, an ad in Variety magazine, which was the trade magazine of the time, mm-hmm. calling um, d- declaring that communist agitation was what was causing his cartoonist and animator strike. I mean, this is obviously somebody who was ignorant. To what really was going on. And right. he may have felt betrayed, but you have to also know that part of Disney's legacy is in this, certainly in this area, is that he lashed out rather than doing, you know, maybe the things of. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, he lashed out at people and tried to ruin lives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's a very difficult thing to show both sides of. Mm-hmm. I mean, during that, I don't know if we really need to have. You know, uh, one of the many animators, <laughs> Mark Davis or something, talking about how he went to parties at Walt's house you right. know, during these time. And old Walt was very upset and, uh, you know, had to go to the doctor for, for uh, heart palpitations or right. whatever. You know, I mean, honestly, throughout this whole time and throughout this whole thing, the one person who wasn't affected long term was Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Everybody else on the other side of this fight. Was really, you know, had a very hard time with this stuff. And, and, and that began this whole sort of, you know, fair or unfair idea of Walt as kind of a bigot who, you know, has been, he was accused of a lot for years and years. Uh, now, I don't think that's true at all, but I don't, there's no, I don't think that has anything to do with this, but it began all that, you know, and people mm-hmm. had, people had issues with that over the years. And, and, and you see a lot of it. So, yeah, I, I, and the other thing about it, Mike, not to just kind of go on the, on the bad part here was God, there was such great new information, like really great, um, you know, new clips and photographs mm-hmm. and stuff, stuff we never seen before, you know, and I was just blown away by that. Cause I thought I'd seen it all, you know, <laughs> 
I mean, it was it was really good. It, I, I really was blown away by it. Yeah, he really he really loved that train in his backyard, didn't he? Oh my god, who wouldn't? <laughs> that was the coolest thing in the world. I want one of those in my backyard. I don't know why I can't have that. It was incredible. <laughs> and one of his animators, whose name is escaping me right now, had one had a full sized steam engine in his backyard. Really? Full size steam engine. Yeah. I'm trying to remember his name. He's the guy with the big black with the big black glasses. Do you remember who you know who I'm talking about? He's one of the animators, original, you know old man of Disney. I can't, I can't his I never remember yeah, the name. His name is coming out of my head right now. You're more the historian than yeah, I am. Yeah. And uh he's uh yeah, he had a full size engine. The two of them loved it and they had another guy who helped them build all this stuff. Yeah, it was great. I mean I, I, I think they were like Mike said, I think they were fair about it. Um, but I think they also showed a lot of, you know, I think the, the purpose of it was that this man was a genius and an innovator of, you know, terrific uh, <laughs> proportions for our, you know, and one of the great American innovators. Well, you know? sure. I mean, he invented animated features. He invented numerous different types of ways of filming things. He yep. invented the theme park. I mean, you know. Yep. Pretty cool stuff. Anyway, let's take a break, and when we come no, back... No, let's not. Uh-oh. It's time to play Dave America's oh, Favorite no! Game. no! Okay, go ahead. <laughs> this one is fascinating to me, and I'll see if you think of the same. Disney's Grand Floridian Resort will be beginning offering Narcoosie's Waterfront Brunch starting on November 22nd, 2015. For a price-fixed uh, you know, price menu... Your brunch begins with a choice of specialty beverage, including champagne, mimosas, and Bloody Marys. Ooh, now, we're, now, we're, now we're really knocking up the price here. Okay. A pastry basket. Um, it, by the way, it's just one of those drinks. You know, a choice of specialty beverage. So you okay. get a glass of champagne, a mimosa, or a Bloody Mary. A pastry basket for the table that includes chocolate croissants, muffins, danishes, sticky buns, you know, and some okay. other stuff. All right. That's not much there. A choice of an appetizer, including onion soup, seafood charcuterie, a shrimp and grits, or artisanal cheeses. The And then there are seven entrees to choose from, including a French toast, a lobster egg benedict, okay. chicken and waffles, an omelet made your way, steak and eggs. And then you get a, a, a sweet trio of desserts, Dave Guess how much that costs? Okay, so it's just you get a like you get a, a beverage, right? Probably, alcoholic drink, probably one, just one, absolutely. Champagne, mimosa, bloody mary. So that's eight bucks. Okay, uh, we get a basket of pastries. Pastries, well, that's eight bucks. Okay, so and then we get a appetizer. Mm-hmm. Narcoosies will call that twelve dollars twenty eight. Okay. Um, and then we're going to have a – because Narcoosies is expensive in general. Um, and then we'll have a 20 – I see – Narcoosies is expensive. And one would think that just a brunch of this sort, mm-hmm. um, non-character, nothing special about it. Other um, other than Waterfront, but uh, yeah. Other than okay. Waterfront, which is what Narcoosies always offers. Yes, that's true. Um, that it would be expensive. Now, $50 a person for a brunch is – very expensive. So I would say $55. $69 for adults, $41 for ages 3 to 9, or two table service credits on the dining plan. I thought this was an outrageous price myself. That is crazy. I mean, there's Who's no- going to spend $70 for 
breakfast. That's nuts, man. <laughs> you know the, the 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 the. I'm going to give myself a, a sign of sort of a pass here on this for missing it so bad, but um, because I thought I was going way over the top with 55. I don't really I don't know what Narcosis charges, but I know it's expensive. But is it ungodly expensive? Well, it's 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 dinner. I mean, I don't, I don't think they typically do brunch. This is something new. Okay. So it's hard to gauge it with everything else. I mean, right. it, but it is it is a it's an ex- relatively pricey dinner. Yeah. Okay. It's not the most expensive though at it's Grand not, Floridian. I right, mean, yeah, right. Victorian Alberts even have right. Citricos, I think was Those I two are both more expensive than Narcusis? I believe so, yeah. All right, well then see the $69 is crazy. I thought it was crazy. Especially it when was... it's only a la carte. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're giving me, you know, all you can eat of all this stuff, you know, then okay, but if you're just getting an a la carte menu, and a small one at that, seven things. I mean, it might, I'm sure it's fantastic, but it's brunch. I mean, yeah, breakfasts at, like, it's the brunch. Tusker House, character breakfasts, all you can eat. Or are you, like, usually, like, what, 39 bucks, 37 yeah. bucks? And those are ridiculously expensive. Right. I mean, 70 bucks. That's crazy, man. Seemed, that... seemed crazy to me. That's it why does, I brought no, it up. No, it's crazy to everybody, Mike. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's take a short break, and when we come back... We are going to give you a real touring plan of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Jumbo Radio Harambe listeners, this is Jennifer Green of Destinations in Florida Travel, the official travel partner of Radio Harambe and JumboEveryone.com. If you're thinking of planning a Disney vacation or any vacation, please contact me at 443-424-0181 or use the conservation link on JumboEveryone.com. A portion of the proceeds from every package book goes right back to the Conservation Fund. We thank you for supporting Radio Harambe and JumboEveryone.com. Okay, folks, I've probably already violated a few copyright laws by saying touring plans over and over again, and I'm sure I'm going to get a, uh, a, a nasty email in my inbox as soon as this comes out. So let's not confuse this with those touring plans that you pay for. This is a free touring plan that Mike and I are going to give you for Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, what Mike's idea was is that, I guess... As by request, people have been asking for our idea of the best plan of attack for a um, trip to Disney's Animal Kingdom. I asked Mike specifically about time of year and such. Uh, Mike sort of was uh, non-committal on time of year, but he said till, <laughs> but he said to six p.m. So we're not assuming. So it's not the summer. Right. So I'm going to assume we're kind of talking mildly off season, but not completely off season. Correct. Um, and we're open from 9 to 6, so we don't have extra magic hours. Is that correct? Right. I stayed away from extra magic okay. hours, yes. So, Mike, I, I'll, you'll go first, and I'm, I'm coming at it from a little bit of a different angle because um, I'm, I'm doing this. I figured that you would do a good catch-all sort of for anybody going. I'm going to do mine based entirely on adults only 
Mm-hmm. You know, no kids to worry about, so no kitty rides to go on or anything like that. Um, just a great way for, you know, a solo trip or the or a couple or, you know, a, a, a bunch of buddies going down, however it might be, uh, for this trip. So let's start with yours, because I think yours is going to be a little bit more of what people want. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Well, first of all, Dave, obviously the touring plan is going to start. Uh, way before you actually ever get there, um, you know, and making your fast passes. So I have built into this booking your fast pass pluses ahead of time. And here is what I would do. And I did that as well. So that's cool. okay. Good. I would book Everest, and I slotted it in at the ten thirty to eleven thirty hour. Kali River Rapids from twelve to one, and then Kilimanjaro Safaris from three thirty. To 4.30. Okay, that's good. All right. Now, obviously, we're not going to get the park. We're going to get to the park, I should say, a little bit before 9. I want you to get there for 8.15. Because, as we've discussed in recent episodes, they've actually started opening up the park before 9. The new um, opening procedure lets you see the Oasis for a good half hour before the rest of the park opens. So I want you to take advantage of this and to check out the Oasis. Because... Dave, as we've said many times, this is not a half-day park. It's a full-day park. Um, and, in fact, my touring plan, we don't even get to see everything. I, and mine park. as well. Mine as well. Good point. Yep. So we want to take advantage of certain things when we can, and one of those being uh, check out the Oasis for the half hour or so before the park opens. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be such a bad idea to pick up one of the Wilderness Explorers books I have not built in. Um, much time hitting the Wilderness Explorer stuff. But as you're moving along the park and you want to get a few of the badges, grab a book. They're free anyway, so why not? Okay. The park opens, Dave, at 9 o'clock. Obviously, the rest of the park opens. I suggest, and this goes against the grain for many um, other types of plans, rope dropping or going to immediately the Maharaja Jungle Trek. Um, and walk through the jungle trek. You will be virtually alone as everybody else is going to the big ticket items, so to speak. And you'll be there when certain animals come out um, and generally are a little bit more active when they first come out. The tigers, you know, and the uh, some of the hoofed animals and stuff tend to be running around a bit more. So I would get to the Maharaj jungle trek first, and I would enjoy it for a good 20 to 30 minutes. With me so far? I am. Can, can I comment as we go through? Yeah, feel free. Comment. Right okay. Here. I would say that I like that plan, but not as a first-timer. That's just – I think there are bigger fish to fry on the first day, but Mike knows better than me. Continue. Well, I have my fast passes booked for the bigger you know, the bigger fish to fry as you speak. So Understood. All right. So I'm doing the Maharaja Jungle Trek, and then – I want to get to Dinosaur by about 9.30 or so and ride Dinosaur. So I'm going to take advantage of Dinoland. Again, It's this part of the park is generally not crowded at this point of the time. Most people um, head directly to Kilimanjaro Safaris or Expedition Everest. So I'm taking you away from that. I'm hitting you at Maharaja Jungle Trek first. And now we're going to explore Dinoland for a good oh, 45 minutes or so by going on Dinosaur then I have it marked for Primeval Whirl at 9.50 and Triceratops Spin by 10 o'clock. 
you should walk right on all of these attractions. Um, and in between that, check out things like Chester and Hester's. Hester's. Go on the Cretaceous Trail, look around that for a little bit, or the Boneyard, whatever floats your boat. But what I want you to do is by 1020, be at Finding Nemo for the 1030 Finding Nemo show. You can even probably push it to 10, uh, 1025 or so because that's a big theater and you should be able to walk right in. Okay. Any comments so far? Uh, ours is very different. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, Dave, by the, by the way, Dave, yeah. uh, as a little aside, I think it might be beneficial. And what do you think about this? Um, we each write our touring plan on the blog somewhere in the very oh, near future. Oh, that's no problem. Yeah, that's that's easy enough. Yeah, because it'll be might easier be... to it'd be easier for people to reference that. Right. So you really, so you, Safari Mike, you think that on your first day, and the perfect day to go to Disney's Animal yeah. Kingdom would include. 45 minutes spent at Finding Nemo the Musical? Well, Finding Nemo the Musical is about a 20-minute show, but what do you mean 45 minutes? Well, by the time you go in a little early, sit down, yada, 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 you watch the show, you get out. Okay, <laughs> 30 minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you want to see Finding Nemo the Musical for first-timers, don't you? Uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Anyway, once you're done with Finding Nemo the Musical, you're a short hop away from Expedition Everest, and you have your Fast Pass from uh, at this point in time. So get on board the Expedition Everest train. Okay. Then there is actually an 1145 Flights of Wonder. So I want you to get to Flights of Wonder by about 11. Well, you could probably walk right in at 11.45 or so. Okay, that's good. Maybe if you get there a little bit early, make sure you sit towards the front and try, you know, try to volunteer for one of the things like taking the photo or, or whatnot or right. you know, that kind of stuff. So you could do that. Or in the alternative, make sure you spend a few minutes checking out the Gibbons and the Siamangs, you know, check out the stores, all that kind of stuff. Nice, Nicely done, yep. Absolutely. By the time you are done with that at the the eleven forty five show, it'll be time for your Collie River Rapids uh, fast pass. So take your fast pass and go over to Collie. Are with me so far? Yes. Any comments so far? Um, it, it, this is pretty 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 standard thinking. I think uh, you know I I think I've uh, I think we're coming at it like I said from very different. Angles, um, but you're hitting everything, and I think that's good. So, if, if what you want to do is, uh, is see everything, I think this is a great, great plan. Now, there are two things uh, to keep in mind at this point in time. It's now you're riding Collie River Rapids. You should be off of it by about twelve thirty or so. I want you to be at Winged Encounters at in the front of Tree of Life by one o'clock. So. In that half hour time, this would be a good another good time to check out the Gibbons and whatnot. Okay. You could, if you have time, get in line for to see Doug and Russell. Um, you know, do some meet and greets. Pocahontas is also at the Discovery Island trails, and take some time both before and immediately after Winged Encounters to look at some of the animals at uh, the Discovery Island trails, like the small clawed otters, like the cotton-top tamarins, and. Give yourself some time to get over to Harambe Market for lunch at 1.30. How are we so far? 
a lot of running around. I'm getting tired, but uh, but but we're seeing things. Why are you tired? I mean, we're <laughs> moving in a linear direction here. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. You're you're gonna be more tired at the beginning of mine. <laughs> well, Dave, if you are tired, don't worry about it. There's a large resting period here by about at 1:30 because we have Harambe Market and we have the Dawa Bar and we have Barutica Band playing at 1:50. Right. So grab a bite to eat, watch Barutica, relax at the Dawa Bar. I'm giving you basically an hour to just sit and relax before the Festival of the Lion King starts at 2:30. Okay. All right? Yes. All right. Now, Festival of Lion King gets out at a little bit of right around 3 o'clock. You have your safari fast passes for 3.30. So that gives you more time <laughs> to check out Harambe. Another, perhaps another drink at Dawa if you want. You know, go through all the shops like the Zuri Sweet Shop and, you know, some of the other things there. Okay. So I want you on the safari by about, well, you know, use your fast pass at 3.30 and hit the safari ride at that time. All right? Yeah. Okay. And this is towards the end of the day. The animals, you know, a lot of times they're going to go in at 5 o'clock. They're going to be a little bit more active as the la- in that last hour or so. But most importantly, I want you, by the time you get off the safari, it'll be about 4.15 or so. That's when you walk the Pangani Forest Trail because that's almost the end of the day. The animals are super active, especially... The gorillas at the end, the gorilla bachelor herd. I want you there by about 4.45 or so. So enjoy the Pangani Forest Trail after the safari, immediately after the safari. Got me so far? Yep, yep, yep. I'm with you. Now, Dave, we're at the, sort of at the, we're, you know, now we're, it's almost 5 o'clock. There's only about an hour left in the park. And there's a lot of stuff we haven't done yet. So at this point in time, I would give the people or, you know, the people following this touring plan, you have a choice. (laughs) You could either take the train and hit Rafiki's for that last hour, and it's going to take you about an hour to do that. You could go back to the front. uh, Well, not the front, but Discovery Island. Check out, um, in that last hour, check out uh, the Adventurer's Outpost and meet Mickey and Minnie in their safari gear. And it's tough to be a bug, which I haven't uh, put on this tour. And you can also shop at the shops there in Discovery Island. Another alternative would be to make a 5.30 dinner reservation at either Yak and Yeti or the Tusker House. Okay. Giving you even more time in the park because obviously you're going to be, you're not going to be done eating. If you eat at 5.30, you'll be done at 6.30, quarter to seven. It's, you know, we all know that Animal Kingdom is a great place to walk through after all everybody else has left. You know, depending on the time of the year, it's, it could actually be getting dark at this point in time. Right. So I would um, take that opportunity. So I would actually recommend, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, maybe hitting It's Tough to Be a Bug at 5 o'clock or so, and then hitting a 5.30 reservation at Yak and Yeti or Tusker House. That would probably be my ideal trip. But I'm giving you the option because there are certain things that I have not been able to incorporate into my touring plan. Right, right. And it, and if you did want to stay and do some of these other things like Rafiki's or whatever, there's always, you know, making a reservation at Sanaa at 6.30. You can't go wrong there. Leaving the park at 6 o'clock when everybody else closed, it leaving, and just hop on a bus right over to Sanaa. Enjoy some more animals and a nice meal. 
Sounds good. That's my touring plan. I like it. I, I like it. I, I, I think you've hit a lot of the uh, a lot of the angles. I think maybe you're a, 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 a squeezing a little bit more in than people are going to have time for. But okay, uh, you know it's it's a good it's a good way to uh, to 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 base what you're going to do now. Are you ready? Well, for- I think before before we go on, I think it, okay. I think what it does effectively is it takes the big ticket items like I talk about, put them. You know, we want to get those in fast passes. Thank God, Animal Kingdom does doesn't do this tiered stuff because if it did with you know safari and everest on different tiers or or on the same tier this would be a very different touring plan because you'd have to jump on board one of those things first um and you know it gives you the i think the hitting the maharaja jungle trek and dino land first nobody else is doing that and it really i think um is the way to go and it also blocks out a few uh, you know a good hour there to enjoy harambe even more than that, enjoy Harambe, enjoy Barutica, enjoy all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you ready for mine now? I most certainly am. Okay. So, I, like Mike, think that we should get there at eight. Well, Mike is five minutes more uh, more prepared than I am. But so I'll <laughs> go with his 8.15-ish, 8.20. Might arrive in the parking lot at 8.15, mm-hmm. um, if you must. That's a good time to get there. Uh, you want to use that half hour to see the Oasis animals. Uh, you certainly don't want to miss that. I would, I would, I would urge you to use that half hour, and it's a free half hour in the park, and you really can't ask for much more than that. Um, I personally think that when the rope drops, you head straight to the Kilimanjaro safaris. Um, I think. Oh, wait a minute. Let's back up a little bit. Yes, I was going to say you've forgotten something there. Okay, we have um, some fast passes. That's right. We have a Kilimanjaro Safari Fast Pass. Yes, that's what I said. At 1 p.m. What? Yes. We have a Kali River Rapids for about like the 3.30 to 4. And Expedition Everest for the very last time you can get, which is probably about 4.45 to 5.45. Um, So that's how I would do that. So we begin. We go straight to Kilimanjaro Safaris. We jump right on. If if you go there immediately, you will not wait. Um, The morning... Safari can be up and down because some of the animals may not all be out yet, especially some of the bigger uh, mm-hmm. and slower animals, like some of the elephants may not all be out yet. Um, and, but it is a good time and my best time I've ever photographed the cats. That's um, mm-hmm. the really one of the only times you're going to get the cheetahs. Any other time of day, you're really not going to get them very well. And it's probably the best time for the lions as well, unless you can go very late and the sun is setting. You're in the winter and you can go right before the sun comes down. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go either one. I'm going to start with the morning. I've personally had more success photographing the big cats in the morning than I have had in the evening. I've only had one evening ride of all the times I've went where I've had really good success with the cats. So I would suggest you go there. But yes, we are coming back later because this is the greatest ride Disney has ever created. (laughs) And it does need to be experienced more than once in the perfect Disney day. So when you're done... You're going to get off the the truck probably about 20 after 9 or so, 9.30. Um, This is a great animal time, as we said. So you're at the Pangani Forest. Go to it. Um, You might as well while you're there. 
When you're done doing that, we're going to start hoofing it across town. Like I said, we're not, I don't like doing these cross town walks, but I'm going to do it this time. And we're going to start heading our way back to Discovery Island and towards Dino Land, stopping for the 1015 winged encounters. Oh, okay. And then after that, uh, Bugs Life. Ooh, interesting. Yep. All right. Again, this is for adults. So I don't, screaming kids make us laugh. Not, uh, <laughs> not head for the exits. So, and, and I think it's, it's great. So go see it as soon as you're done with Winged Encounters. Now, this should get you right around, right before 11 o'clock, if everything works out well. Mm-hmm. But right around 11 a.m. Now, here's what you have. You have an hour in front of you. How does the lines look for Dinosaur? They're probably not too bad. That would be my recommendation. If Dinosaur is bad, how is Primeval World? Those things, either one of those. Walk around, go see it. However you want to do it, that's fine. But if it were up to me, I'd go do one and get back over to Africa by 12.05 to see the last set of the Tam Tam drummers while having lunch at the Harambe Market. So this is, but let's say you don't do that, okay? I'm just giving mm-hmm. you a little audible there. You go see Dinosaur, you go see, you go see Primeval World. Um, as soon as you're done with all that, which would probably be a little a quarter after 12 or so, then head back to Africa. You have some time there to get your lunch at Harambe Market before your 1 p.m. ride on the Kilimanjaro Safari. So yes, in Dave's perfect plan, you have gone on the same ride twice in four hours. But it is the soul of the park and something you should see. So you've gone on the Kilimanjaro safaris for the second time. You're done. Shop a little bit. Drink a lot. Maybe have a little bit more. I'm fine with that. 2 p.m.'s Festival of the Lion King. Okay, so you got your little half hour there to kind of shop around, look, no problem. When Festival of the Lion King is over. Festival of the Lion King 2.30? I had two. But I don't know what I'm... It doesn't matter. Does, okay. Either one. It doesn't make a difference. Because well, I have a big time frame here. Have you noticed? From okay. the time you showed up in Africa at about 12.30, you won't be required to go anywhere out of Africa until 3.45. <laughs> so you have okay. a good three hours to go on the safari rides, to sit at the Dawa bar, to have something to eat, to shop around, to see Festival of the Lion King. This is the time where I want you to relax and enjoy Harambe. It is the crowning jewel, this whole area of Disney's Animal Kingdom, and in my opinion, of Walt Disney World. So this is the spot you want to get into. This is the spot you want to see the bands play. You want to try some different food now that they have that there. You want the drinks. The Festival of Lion King is the best stage show in the park, in my opinion, or on property even. Um, mm-hmm. Kilimanjaro Safaris, we mentioned that already. If, you want, if you're not into sitting down, if it's hot or rainy, get on the train. Go out to Rafiki's. You have a plenty of time to do all of that in here. Okay, By 345, I want you heading back to Asia to the, fe- to the uh, Flights of Wonder show. Okay. When that's over, remember, we've made 4 to 5 p.m. or 4, f- whatever time we did, reservations for Cali River Rapids. Hit that now. When you're done with that, dry off at the Maharaja Jungle Trek. It's <laughs> <laughs> a solid idea. Or, see, and then if you have some time before your final 
Expedition Everest. Now, remember, I, I'm hoping we're getting this up to 545. If you booked it early enough, you probably could. You right. should have some time here. Um, go see the Gibbons. Grab a drink mm-hmm. at the Yak and Yeti bar. Try a Yak Attack. They're delicious. Um, or two. Uh, try anything you want to do there, you can. This is the time to see this area. It's not as um, it doesn't to me at least. It doesn't require as much sort of just sitting and soaking in time as it does in Harambe. But you want to be able to see the Maharajas, see the different animals, spend some time with them, photograph what you want to photograph. You know, bring your camera with you because you're going to get some great animal encounters here. Um, and this is, this, is, this is the time for all that. Now you've dried off perfectly, and hopefully the sun is going down, and you can get on Expedition Everest as the sun is going down. As it's dusk, maybe even nighttime if you're there after, after the clocks change. And what time would this be? 5.30ish. Okay. Okay? This is the last thing you're going to do. You have, your, you have your fast pass. It's the last thing you're going to do. Ride it. If you're lucky enough, you'll be able a chance to get right back on the line and ride it again. That's what I was just going to say. It, might not, it wouldn't be a bad idea to just jump right back on. Yep. Because a lot of times there's nobody there. And they'll let you in even if it's 5.59. Sometimes they'll let you in. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how many people they have in line. So mm-hmm. this is a great time. If it's night out, this is the best time to, dry, to ride on Expedition Everest. Bar none. There is no – there. it's the best way to go. So I would absolutely save it for last. And then if you're done with, done with your expedition, there was the slow trot out of the park so you can see the lights on. Maybe go – whatever way they'll let you go. A lot of times they're hurting you here. But if you can head back, especially head back towards – the center of Asia, you get the lights, the little lights they have right. on there. It's really pretty. And then head over to your 7 p.m. reservation at Sanaa. So that is the adult version of the um, the touring plan. I, I've left out Finding Nemo. You did? I've left out a Triceratops Spin or anything like that. I do not do um, character meet and greets. Yeah, there's none of that. Left all that out. Yep. This is a relaxing day to see animals, to see the animal kingdom, and to enjoy yourself without running crazy trying to get on everything. I think it's important to get on everything, but I think it's more important that you kind of just soak in the place, which is what it was intended to be. Well, Dave, you'll notice that on my touring plan, which... (laughs) Clearly, is the superior one, but that's neither here nor there. That's not even a little true. <laughs> you don't wait on a single line for a ride. I don't remember saying to wait on a line. Did I beg people wait on a line? Well, you were talking about a dinosaur. It might be a 15, 20 minute wait, jump on it, that kind of stuff. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You did, yes. Well, uh, See, but you're, what I you're do, assuming I, that you're not waiting on a line. You've made an assumption there. I don't, we don't I know made an that assumption for sure. That if you hit Dinosaur by 9.30 in Primeval World, Triceratops Spin, you will not, there won't be anybody there. Right. That's true. Right. So I guess the better thing I should say is you won't have to worry about waiting on a line after 10 o'clock. Yeah. I, I would I would agree with that, but you're you're obviously coming at from a different angle, which is to see as much as possible. That that is that is what I get out of your touring plan. 
is you want to be able to get there and to see as much as possible. And I'm not well, I don't feel that way. I think spending you spending a good hour and a half in Harambe just to relax and eat and drink and watch Barutica. But yes, yeah. I mean, I suppose I could have taken that time and said, go right onto the Wild- Wildlife Express and go out to Rafiki's right. and come right back right. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I chose not to do that. I wanted at least a good hour and a half of relaxing in the middle of the day. Right. Um, and, you know, throw on top of that a Festival of the Lion King show, which is, again, is another half hour. Or so I'm sitting in the movie theater and that's nice and air conditioned. So it's there's right. a good chunk of the middle of the day where you're not really killing yourself. Dinosaur is the uh, i said you know at, um, between my 11 and 1 p.m area there's a lot of things you could do i personally would uh, go back to see the tam tam drummers um and have my lunch there and then after kilimanjaro maybe have a few drinks before the festival of the lion king and then be able to watch Bar- uh, Bar- and all the, mm-hmm. you know and all that kind of stuff you want to see that um I, I i like primeval world i like um finding nemo the musical I'm just not 100% sure that in a nine-hour day, those two things are things you need to really go crazy over. So at that time after you've seen Bugs, go ride Dinosaur. And then if you can get on Primeval World, if you really do want to see Finding Nemo the musical, go do it. I I personally feel that the Festival of Lion King is superior to Finding Nemo. So if you want to go into an indoor, sit-down musical show... I would suggest because just that one. And then mm-hmm. next time you go, if you want to see something different, go see Nemo. And the same with Rafiki. I said you can go do that if you want to. I just don't think it's something you need to do if you're only there for nine for nine hours. But I do think that sitting at the Dow Bar, if you're an adult, certainly, uh, watching the bands play, shopping around that area, talking to the cast members, you know, maybe even spending some more time in Pangania, those things to me are what you really need to get the true Animal Kingdom experience in that one day. And it's more important to me than, ne- than Finding Nemo the Musical, which I don't think mm-hmm. adds to the Animal Kingdom experience at all, but that's just me. That is just you. I, a lot of people love finding Nemo the musical. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually not. I, I prefer Festival of Lion King myself, but uh, I wanted to incorporate it because it is a popular show. Oh yeah, I mean it's, it, it, it's yeah yeah no I I I I will tell you that you should <laughs> eventually at some point in time go and see it. I just don't think it's a showstopper that you need to go see right away. That's just the, the that's fine. Know, that's, that's just fine. how we do it. So any other uh, thoughts on this before we? Uh... Well, I guess we'll probably have to do this again come uh, next, maybe oh, early God, summer, yeah. once oh, River, yeah. Rivers of Light oh, yeah. and the Nighttime Safari starts. Yep, well, that's for sure. And then let's do it again in the year after that once uh, Avatar Land opens up. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So. We got a whole lot more. And we got to go down there and figure it out for ourselves, too. I mean, that's I, true. You know, we're going to have to we're going to have to do that step by step. And and also when when Rivers of Light opens, you're already going to assume that there's going to be at least an hour extended for many of these uh, many of the times that you're there. And that does help. I mean, mm-hmm. if this if this whole thing gets shifted up an hour to seven o'clock. For when Rivers of Light starts at seven or eight o'clock, then I would I, assume it has to be at least eight o'clock. Yeah, then I would add those things that I left out. Finding Nemo right. uh, certainly do dinosaur. Maybe even a, you know, but I, but my thing was when you do your fast passes, you can, I just cannot give away a Kilimanjaro Safari fast pass. I really honestly feel you need to do that twice in a day if you really want to get 
what the designers want. Because it, when you ride on Kilimanjaro safaris the first time, you're, it's overwhelming. It's just incredibly beautiful. And, and you, you can't believe what you're seeing if you've never been on a ride like this before. So it's, incre- it's really important to me that you do it a second time so maybe you see some of the things you didn't see. You know, you see some of the details, you see different animals, you see the animals doing different things for sure. Um, you know, all those things, I think, make a difference. And, and I just I really think that that's a better experience than Finding Nemo. But that's just me. When you when they open up the Sunset Kilimanjaro Safaris in about six months or so, are you going to advocate three times on the safari? No, then I would say go and the go go the first one and then the sunset and then the, then the night one. That's right. what I would say. Okay. I would say because then because then you're getting two rides, but right. until they do that, I would want to get the, the second ride. I, 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 th- I thought I thought you wouldn't like that the hi- idea of going for one day and riding on the same thing twice. <laughs> no, I like it. I might have I might have tried to figure out a way to spread it out a little bit more because at one o'clock, especially if it's hot, that's not the best time to do Kilimanjaro safaris. Yeah, my thinking there was we wanted to be in Africa. For lunch, right. right? No, I understand. And you also want to do right. you want to close out the day at Everest. At Everest, so we wanted right. to we wanted to, to hit our quick things in the morning, then get to Africa, and then slowly work our way for the rest of the day. Because by the time right. you get to one o'clock, you're exhausted. So sit, relax, go see Festival Lion King. It's inside. If you have mm-hmm. time, go on the train out to Rafiki's. That's nice and relaxing. You know, sit and watch Buradika play. You know, all those things. Just it's just easier, and it's just I, I was trying to think of that. More Makes than, sense. You know, more than getting out there and trying to run around. You know, it's just too much. It's too hard. Mm-hmm. So, cool. So, that's it. That is it, sir. All right. Well, thank you once again for tuning in to Radio Harambe. Don't forget to uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help sort of spread the word on the show. Don't forget to check out our website, johnboreveryone.com. And while you're there, you can go to our store. You'll see some of the great stuff we have on there, including the Not a Half Day Park t-shirts. The Warden Wilson Air Rangers stuff is still up there, I hope. Uh, I haven't seen it in a little while. Uh, Also, feel free to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Radio Harambe. Mike is at Jombo Everyone. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. I think you just put some stuff on YouTube recently, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so you can find all those links at JomboEveryone.com. So for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well. And thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. Now, ooh, ooh, ooh.